0: Hello there, welcome to episode 285 of the No Persinium podcast, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from the NoPro headquarters, aka the kitchen table here in Los Angeles. This week on the show, we have some returning guests. They are Marley Delia and Anna Mavromati of Shine On Collective. For those of you who are outside the LA area, Shine On are some of our favorite creators here in LA. They have done some wonderful work over the years, starting with their series, Devoted, and carrying on through uh, just, just many, many... St- Forms A lot of it's audio-based, but it's audio-based with actors and almost always a little bit on the more, uh, on the darker side of things. So uh, a real L.A. favorite. And in the past year, um, as part of our our wonderful collective experience, uh, they crafted um, two two meal-based kind of puzzle story experiences. One of them, uh, Welcome Home. Started as a, a local delivery uh, experience. Uh, you could also pick it up. You could pick up the food, you, you got the box, c- took the box played it at home while you were eating. Uh, And the other uh, is uh, Spirits of Tillingast, which is available right now uh, at the Roguelike Tavern in Burbank. So this is something you can still get. And then Welcome Home, which was originally a pop-up, has been uh, transitioned into being an experience you can actually get anywhere in uh, the continental United States uh, via mail order, and it comes with a dessert package. So uh just, just a, a total pivot from uh local immersive theater into shipping snacks around around the country snacks and puzzles and stories. So I wanted to have uh Marley and Anna on because one had been a while and it's They've they've done such a departure from the work they had been doing uh, in this new era. And so we're gonna talk about that. Um, A word to the wise on the audio. Yeah, yeah, we're we're having trouble again this week. This week, turns out, uh, the wrong microphone was recording, which is awesome. I think the internal mic on my laptop was the thing that was recording. So you're gonna hear me very, very far away. Was that what I was hearing in my headphones? Of course not. Of course it wasn't what I was hearing. So I was hearing one thing and something else was getting recorded. And I used to, you can tell, I'm very happy about this. That is not my happy voice. That's my fake happy voice. So um, yeah, sorry about that. Luckily it's just me. Uh, our guests are uh, properly mic'd, so you don't have to worry about that so much. But uh, man, what a fun thing to open up on a Friday! We just recorded this last night, so uh, a couple of more things uh, to talk about. Uh, but first, let's do uh, let's do the, the the Patreon thing that we do every week. Uh, we have a brand new backer. Thank you so much, Eve Ra, for jumping in and helping us. Uh, and I swear, in your honor, next week I'm going to make sure that the right thing is being recorded. Actually, next week uh, I have already checked. Uh, we have next week's in the can, and luckily the right mic uh, was recording. Here's a fun fact. same uh, same setup. Why did it happen? I don't know. It's just that weak. I'm smiling and it's an insincere smile. Anyway, a sincere smile for Eve and also for all of our sustaining backers uh, of No Noprocinium at Patreon who you can join at patreon.com/ noprocinium. and they are Ari Hurston, Brittany, Elaine, Emily Gillette, Lonnie hands on Paul F Mark, Balthazar, Samuel mystery, Sydney, Guillory, and Jan Budman. Thank you all. Um, honestly, without your support, without that core, this would not be happening, but we do need your support, particularly as, Oh, we're looking forward. Um, uh, I got the first letter. It was like, Hey, you know, that loan we gave you, that's going to be coming up too soon. Yeah. In a few months. Yeah. So, um, got that to look forward to, and we need to build, uh, build a bit of a bigger audience, more support to deliver our message about the glory that is immersive and experiential art. All right. Uh, For the folks that missed last week's episode, we announced the upcoming Everything Immersive Spring Fling, which will be happening on March 27th and 28th. So just a month from now, we're going to have stuff going on on our Discord, in Zoom, we're going to have some stuff going on on Clubhouse... Uh, Which I know if you have an Android phone you won't be able to get to but those those things are just open to the public The tickets are for the stuff that's happening on zoom and discord and tickets are going to go on sale on Tuesday, we're going to start announcing uh, the first block of programming uh, on Monday and we're gonna we're gonna keep some stuff in reserve. We got some secrets going on here. But uh, during the day, we're gonna have a little conferency type action going on, kind of uh, marking a year since the here summit and festival was uh, prevented from occurring by uh, you know the 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 whole collective experience we're having right now. And uh, then on Saturday evening, we're gonna have uh, a games social time. Um, an unconference, lightning talks. Those clubhouse rooms are going to open up, and we're inviting everybody to come play. Come play with us on the twenty seventh and twenty eighth of March at the Spring Fling. Five dollars if you are a Patreon a backer uh, or had a badge to hear Summoned Festival. Ten bucks for those who uh, are not currently a backer. So you know if you become a backer back, backer you get to see how that works right so you know it kind of kind of all evens out uh that will there's there's less fees that way let me tell you there are there are fewer fees that way there's an incentive for you um (laughs) i'm not kidding there are fewer fees uh so come on down uh come play with us a month from now And uh, probably probably the thing I'm most excited about is we're going to do some uh, VR world hops with some very experienced VR world creators and connoisseurs and uh, just get to see strange new worlds. But we're not just doing VR. We, of course, are going to have some uh, analog games are going to be played digitally and social games and just having having a blast. Uh, Speaking of Clubhouse, on this Monday at 7 o'clock... Pacific time. Got to remember these times. Uh, I am going to be in an AMA uh, on Clubhouse as part of a, a club called the Immersive Design Club, which is run by some folks uh, uh, who are uh, there. They're, it's not the Everything Immersive crew. It's not the the Summit, but. Um, by some other folks in the community so i'm going to be in there uh doing that and then uh last week got into some fun conversations uh there was there's an immersive theater club that's opened up on clubhouse and uh are we gonna have a club on clubhouse um yeah we're gonna we're probably gonna have a club on clubhouse are we gonna have it uh by the time the spring fling they have a very you know arcane system uh they use an air table like we do uh (laughs) things run off an air table oh my god anyway so you know it's kind of a crapshoot right now as to whether or not we'll have a club by the time uh, things are going but we've got some fun folks that we're going to be playing with and working on stuff with uh coming up that's enough about the future right now let's get into the present with our friends from shine on collective <laughs> It's a little after five o'clock on a Thursday, and I think we're all loopy, and the recording (laughs) has been on for a bit now, but this is actually the show. Um, I'm here with Anna and Marley from Shine On Collective, and because there's two people, I'm going to have them introduce themselves. So since we did in this order before, uh, we'll start with Marley, and uh, yeah, Marley, introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm Marley, the co-creator of Shine On Collective, and many other things many other roles around here?
2: <laughs> and I'm Anna. I'm also a co-creator of Shine On Collective. Um, I do a lot of the writing of our stories and content primarily. All
0: right. The last time we talked was uh, before the dark times, before the pandemic. And I think it was about uh, the, the Frankenstein work that you we, we all were doing. But in the pandemic, you've done um, You've done two projects, one of which has kind of like two forms, both of which, uh, all of which are involving food. So, um, which is kind of a a big pivot from the kind of, you know, audio driven immersive theater stuff you were doing before. So I wonder if y'all could tell us a bit about the first one, uh, just for for, for setting the table as it were, uh, which is a piece called Welcome Home.
1: Yeah, um, I can talk a little bit about like what it actually was, I guess, to start out with. Yeah. There's definitely a lot to dig into with why we went that direction, but just to start out with, just physically what what it was or what it is like. Well, I guess what it was and now what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it started out as a um, basically a physical box that you received in world, um, with a dinner. So we kind of did it as a pop event where you could sign up for a ticket on a uh, weekend night and it would be either delivered to your home or you would pick it up. Um, and basically you were, it was a welcome to the neighborhood. You're moving into a new home. And this was a care package that your neighborhood had put together for you, um, including a hot meal. And then this like, You know, this mysterious box of items from your previous, the previous owner of your home. And then as you dig into it, you start um, um, exploring puzzles and story and making phone calls. And there's a lot of audio driven elements to it. Um, Yeah. And then we took that and just, and we sort of, um, we sort of shifted it and adjusted it um to start being able to um ship it across the united states um and we changed it to be with dessert which also felt just as appropriate for a neighborhood pack care package um and so yeah that's where that's where the form it's in now um we're shipping it across the united states
0: so how did how did y'all wind up you taking the kind of theatrical experience you were doing and turning it into this dinner puzzle box combo.
1: Yeah. Well, we spent a lot of time like talking and brainstorming about what we wanted to do. Like if we wanted to do anything at all, or, you know, there were all these at the very beginning of the pandemic, there were all these zoom things popping up and there's people like really exploring what the possibilities were at the time. And we, just we felt like we didn't really want to do a zoom thing um one it just felt like very um just zoom fatigue it, uh, like the, yeah and also things. it it felt like a, a lot of like video mm-hmm. um like film which is not our background at all um mm. and you know we've you've seen in our shows that obviously they're theater and we don't uh, we rarely involve any kind of like film or video elements but we do involve a lot of audio elements and that felt like more of the path we wanted to go down than yeah like, like right from the start like the first sense.
0: thing i ever saw y'all do was like a basically like a, on the street almost like walking tour audio driven theater piece that had like mm-hmm. pop-up moments with performers and you you always had these really great you know like high production value podcast vibe audio elements to the the vast majority of your work i i I think like every show has had something like that in it right
2: yeah i think so um yeah we've worked with uh kate kohler on every project she's our kind of composer and sound designer um and she's just amazing with that stuff and yeah um, like the frankenstein show that you mentioned um echoes in the dark um was very audio driven. You know, you interact with characters, and you were live, you know, there in a scene, but um, you had these headphones on and this narration going through a lot of the performance. And um, even without it driving so much of the narrative, there were still always these audio moments. I feel like in everything where we really showcased what Kate could do um, and just kind of the power of audio. I guess, <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 And we felt like we wanted we felt like what, what was important was this feeling of well, obviously, we've been like really working on honing in on this feeling of intimacy, this feeling like you belong, that you're within a world. Um, and I think we were super drawn to at the time, especially with with everything being digital. It just felt like we really wanted to give you something physical that you could touch, that you could feel. And that would be like the world that you were in would be like drawn from that physicality. Um, So I think that's kind of where the box element came from.
0: Did you take some inspiration from just like the sheer number of mystery boxes that are like out there in the world?
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, We started doing a bunch of them. And obviously, well, I don't know if it's obvious, but we haven't done uh, like any kind of escape room or game like thing. Well, Devoted there was a tiny, a tiny puzzle, like, optional thing. Um.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was largely new territory for us to do, you know, puzzle-y kind of things Um, and to make something that works more like a game as opposed to just working like a show or like a play, like everything else we've done. Um, So yeah, it was definitely really new. Um, I've been doing a lot of uh, or at least a number of puzzle boxes um, at home. I did. I know Marley and um, Marley and her partner Tommy have done more of the um, Zoom escape rooms. I did one with them, and it was fun. Um, still, I hadn't done as much of that, but I definitely have done like the puzzle boxes um, at home since the pandemic, um, and it's been. You know something really fun it's cool to get mail in the pandemic um you know it's cool to get a physical box um you know and to have something uh like that because you can't go out so sometimes the more things you can get at your door the more you have to kind of look forward to that at least for me that's one of my coping things during the pandemic is you know getting my deliveries yeah. yeah so i'm i think there's definitely an appeal to that that um i was really drawn to and and then you can interact with this thing. And yeah, like that tactile element that Marley talks about. Um, We can't physically be someplace else, but we can physically handle new things, which I guess is kind of interesting. And it is nice to take a break from uh, the screens all the time. Um, You know, Sometimes I feel like my window to the outside world is all these screens um, that I become a little addicted to when I'm home all the time. So it's nice to kind of have a different outlet to play around with as well.
1: Yeah. And I think in terms of like the puzzles themselves, I think there was an interest for us to look at them in, like from the perspective of immersive theater creators and not from the perspective of like uh puzzle designers or escape room designers, where you're looking at the puzzle as like, here's the fun part or like here, here's a puzzle because we know people are coming here to do a puzzle. Right. And they want a puzzle that's interesting and fun. We obviously we still want the puzzles to be interesting and fun, but we wanted to use, we sort of like were approaching them from the perspective of this would be, you don't have an actor holding your hand and leading you to the next room. This puzzle will be your agency within the story. It'll be that actor leading you to the next room. Um yeah, I'm kind how we approached it.
0: I'm actually really curious about that. Like what you found in terms of, you know, breaking a story for theater versus breaking a story for puzzles. Like what does that do? Because in the past you've worked... Like dual track uh, theater pieces, you've worked single track. Um, so you've you've played around inside the form a lot. And to, to your point, you know, you've had actors leading people from from space to space. Um, what is what happens when you just sort of have to surrender over the pace to the the participant?
1: Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> what well, have you
0: found, what have you found, that's been satisfying. And that I guess is probably the, the actual question there, right?
1: Well, we did a lot of testing. I think that was um, a major player because you know you can write something on a piece of paper, and you just don't know. You don't, you know, you don't know how people like. I think it's even different than immersive theater. It's like, well, we know that if you know, this light doesn't bring them over here. Then we have an actor there that can like bring them over, close the door or whatever it is. There's a lot more trust when you're just handing them a box and saying, bye, like, (laughs) hope you have fun. Um, And you also have to, obviously there's, yeah, there's more trust, but also you have to um, have really thought out every single piece of it, every single thing that people might think they they should do or want to do, and you have to account for that
0: mm. um so a lot of times down do you mean like people not kind of getting lost and getting off track or
1: yeah and especially because welcome home was very linear um like you you had to do things in a certain order you were um how we set it up was that you kind of stepped into the shoes of the main character um and you sort of became him was how we were approaching it, which is obviously a very immersive theater thing to do. That's like (laughs) a, I would say a, a typical immersive theater um, (laughs) convention. Um, And so you followed the story like he had previously. Um, And yeah, so I think, yeah, to answer your question, um, it, it was a lot of, well, since it was our first time doing puzzles, it was a lot of trying to figure out how people would approach certain things or, or how they would know to um, to move on to another thing or I don't know if I'm explaining very well. But I, I it's hard to not be too specific. I don't want to give stuff away. <laughs>
2: Right. Yeah, I know um, that's something uh, like Marley said, we figured out so much through testing, um, you know, we had um, we had to, you know, kind of be able to seal things and make sure that the directions were really clear about what you start off with in terms of like what you could read, what stuff you had access to and what needed to be unlocked, and when you could open what and how things could get revealed. Um, the audio, the tech elements that we did incorporate with Welcome Home, it was all audio and phone, um, with uh, some other uh, uh, like uh, our next project also, by the way, if you hear baby noises, <laughs> that's on my end, um, <laughs> my son woke up from his nap, um, we might be interrupted with his commentary sometimes, but, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we had a lot of all audio elements, which could kind of break down, you know, like when you could access that or when you called certain people on the phone, um, you know, you could get different information <laughs> and that could be controlled. Um, but yeah, it was it was hard. It's hard for I know, it's hard, huh? Um, <laughs> uh, it's like um, Yeah, it's difficult to like um to tell people you know open this like in world in an interesting way right in in a theater piece you can just kind of have an actor take someone's hand and lead them into the next area or you know kind of direct them in what to do in a lot of different creative interesting ways um and it's hard to you know not be too directiony but not to be too vague when everything is just kind of handed over to the audience with no guidance otherwise, right? No one's there with them, so that was definitely a challenge.
1: Yeah, you have to be very specific about people's agency um, within the story, for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the um, how how did how did bringing the the idea of of, of it being a, a meal involved? How did, how did that affect both what you were doing creatively and then there's a whole other line on that in terms of what the, what the business model does uh, which so let's, start, let's start with the creative and then, then talk about the business model of like, doing multiple thing
1: yeah well um, so my background is actually in food um, I do marketing like product for a food company and I have for a bit. So it's, I've always, I for a while, I've been wanting to do something food related. Um, It felt very mm, difficult to do that as an immersive show without it just being like, this is a dinner with some immersive theater. There's a fine line between, yeah. uh, you know, murder mystery dinner and and, exactly
0: an immersive theater with dinner and then exactly like an immersive theater thing that happens in a dinner like integrating it i mean it's obvious that you can do it but like you know you can also get indigestion like i've i've been to what has been i've been to a show that was perfectly good but I had actors like yelling at me while I'm trying to eat, you know, <laughs> my own. Tray. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Like, and it because yeah. <laughs> and I think cause like we tend to go on a darker we you know, we, we love that, like we're passionate about that, doing like a darker story. It just didn't feel like it fit with a dinner environment without it getting like weird. Um <laughs> which I guess weird I've, isn't I've necessarily been bad. But to
0: horror-themed dinner <laughs> things and it gets
1: but when you're handing someone a box for them to do themselves at home, it feels like you want to build this experience for them. Something that's not just like, oh, let me have this box and I'll, you know, like set it on my shelf and I'll do it at some point when I'm not, when I'm mm. free. And we wanted to feel like this was like a curated experience um, that it was special. Um, so I think that was a big a big part of it that's why we continue to do it with dessert rather than just shipping it as like a you know a box
2: i think too it's kind of um there's definitely an interest in people wanting uh like a a dinner experience because um obviously no one's going out anywhere for dinner um well i mean i guess some people are um maybe outside dining or limited experiences, but it still has like probably cut down at the very least on like, you know, the experience of like, I'm doing this, I'm going out this evening to dinner and that's like
0: oh, and my night, when you, you know? Like, like yeah. when you launched that piece, like there, there'd been like, you know, I mean, like Vampire.pizza had happened, but I, I think when you guys launched Welcome Home, we were, we were just takeout only, you know? Like, right. Mm-hmm. Dining, yeah, like, like you were like like I think we we weren't doing uh, outdoor dining at that point. Maybe maybe outdoor right. just happened, but we and we kept them like sometimes it comes and goes.
2: Yeah, you know. totally. We lock down again. You know, we open up outdoor dining, and COVID numbers go up, and then we have to shut down. Like you know, it keeps fluctuating anyway. Yeah, and um and then there are companies. You know, like it was really cool to do uh, the other project we did for Roguelike Tavern. You know, where he's trying to open up this cool like bar and have food and you know kind of camp this you know this past year and now people can get sort of a uh, roguelike tavern specific experience right like not even just take out you know and pick up the food but also getting like a sense of the place and you know um, kind of more of an event out of the dinner um, which is cool to be a part of.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about that. That piece is called "Spirits of Tillingast," and I'm 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 curious here about you know that process of essentially, you know, creating a mythology for for a bar. <laughs> That's basically what you.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, I mean, it's cool because the bar is you know. Obviously going to be really catered to like experiences, immersive, gaming, all of these things. So having, you know, weird stories about it or surrounding it fits with its you know, image, I guess, a little more. It's not like it, you could do that for just any places easily, or maybe you could, but it might be a different kind of story. Um, so I thought that was really fun. Um, and John, the owner, was really open to, you know, as making the bar almost a character, you know, or making that location kind of meaningful and a big part of
1: the story, um, that was being told. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, John's obviously, if, I mean, if you're in the immersive community, you probably know John, he's been involved in a a lot of immersive stuff, Speakeasy and, and other people. And so it was really awesome working with somebody that one owns a really cool bar and wants us to do a thing and also is really adept in the immersive, you know, thing and as an actor. And so it gave us a lot of cool opportunities because he just got what we were doing um, and what we were, you know, what we, what we were attempting to do.
2: From the beginning too, he was willing to be basically a character in the show. Um, So it was, you know, in the earliest drafts, like he was already written in as, you know, a point of contact and somebody you would be communicating with and someone you pick up from. And, you know, it. so it was really natural to just fold everything into this actual location, you know, have him kind of have this character who is an actual part of the story. Uh, So that was really cool and came out pretty organically, I feel like.
0: Do you find yourselves sort of thinking about how to take this approach and, you know, bring it to other permanent spaces, I mean, so much of the life of immersive theater in Los Angeles has always been about transitory spaces, right? Like, I mean, I've, I've been to shows in Marley's apartment that you've done, and in motel rooms, uh, a lot of stuff in like backs of, backs of cars have been involved a lot, you know, like these are all things I've just done just in your shows, right? And now here's something where you're able to storytell uh, you know, one of them is just you know the, the idea of a home, and the other is this I you know the, the very real you know place that's going to be persistent. I mean, has this opened up some some thoughts for you?
1: Yeah, I don't know how much we've been thinking about life after the pandemic yet because it feels so uncertain. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it feels so hard to even think about. what what it will be, but I'm sure that a lot of what we're doing will bleed into, I mean, we've learned so much and we've been like really exploring um, all these things. And I mean, we, yeah, we even have a few new things in the works that we can't talk about yet. But um, yeah, but in term, but yeah, in terms of specific things, um, I don't know what it'll look like, but I'm sure that it'll bleed yeah in some way and you know it's crazy talking about all our shows this is our five-year anniversary coming up. oh summer. shoot wow you're right yeah that's crazy yeah. 2016 yeah.
2: Yeah. wow oh you know what's so funny too is um before the pandemic we were talking about going back to the fringe festival in 2020 mm-hmm. which obviously you know didn't even happen um couldn't happen. Um, But well before all this COVID stuff, we were going to do an immersive show in a car again. Um, (laughs) And obviously, uh, that would be not at all safe um, to do (laughs) with social distancing and everything. So that got scrapped. Um, And it was going to be about the end of the world um, and the apocalypse. Uh, We really didn't mean to make this happen. So I'm sorry, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, we took some radical New Directions uh, with what we could create and what kind of experiences we could make, uh, pretty quickly when twenty twenty started uh, kicking off. <laughs>
0: well, and like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like, I mean, you, you have two shows, you have two projects up and running right now, and they've been running for a while, and so these these are kind of by default have become like the longest running projects you've had. <laughs> it's yeah, true.
1: and. uh, probably the largest range of audience we've ever had because we can ship it anywhere. In, well, in the United States. It's yeah. That's huge that's
0: for us. Because like, now that you've, you've shifted into this like dessert delivery mode, like what's the farthest out from LA, right? I mean, everything's relative, but like what's the farthest out from LA that you, you ship something off to, you know?
1: Um, I mean, in a bunch of places on the East coast. It's pretty far, like a bunch of random places that uh, we have no idea how they heard about us. Uh, I think that we're up to 23 states that we've shipped to. So that's pretty cool. And we have um, a new producer, um, Amanda, who you probably, if you saw the LA Times article about us, was the blonde woman in the picture with me. Um, So she's been amazing because we wouldn't be able to do all this shipping and, like, dinner, dinner like, logistical, all that stuff without her. Yeah, so she's that's been, been awesome. Great. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's cool, too, because um, this experience is so different. You know, it's interesting to see, like, who else, uh, in terms of audience, you know, what types of people who have never really been able to do an experience before, you know, for um, might be open to picking up like a puzzle box you know and might be open to getting something shipped to their home but maybe they weren't someone who would go to an alley in downtown LA for a weird experience yet um you know it's kind of cool to to imagine who else this might you know open doors into our weird immersive world for um so that's exciting
0: yeah that's been one of the things that's been interesting about this era all the audiences who have kind of discovered our our strange little world Uh, in part because like there's like nothing better to do right (laughs) also because you know we're no longer by no longer being bound by the physicality we can we can reach these people in these other places Um, and i think like the stuff
1: we're doing is less weird but only because normal normal things are forced to do weird stuff so it makes us look less weird (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know like the geffen doing zoom shows <laughs> right or whatever like they wouldn't have done that if not for the pandemic um, yeah but it makes our zoom shows not that we're doing but immersive theater zoom shows look less weird you know it's true everyone had to get more weird. approachable <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> what else what else has, has shifting in this like shipping mode uh, i mean that's that's such a different scale of work um, what what have, what have you all learned about you know that side of things because it's it's such a different thing from bringing you know maybe a few dozen people through a motel room um, and, and you know having you know the, the the motel like be like okay sure but like what are you doing uh, that's that's a lot different from like okay we got to get the shipment down to the the postal center like mm-hmm. how how what have, what have you learned about making stuff or or being a company because this feels like such a uh i think of y'all as this like kind of boutique experimental almost bespoke you know collective and and here you are now like shipping things (laughs) all over the country it's such a shift
1: well it's funny that you say that because what i was gonna say when you asked like what else about the shipping is that it's a lot harder than you'd think but maybe we've just made it hard because of our bespoke nature. Like a lot of things in the box are handmade and need to be like, Amanda spends a lot of time, like putting each box together. Um, It's like, I mean, I think there's this, there's this tricky thing because a lot, there's a lot of puzzle boxes that are mass produced. You can buy them on Amazon. They're, you know, they're great, but they're, they're just like, they're mass produced. It's like, paper that's printed didn't you know not, and the, you know nothing wrong with that yeah but it's hard to like say like yeah we're that too because what we've been creating is so like handmade and so like hopefully it doesn't feel handmade but it's like very everything that we put in it is like specifically crafted to be in this world
0: when i think i mean you say hopefully it doesn't feel handmade but i think that's actually I think so much of the stuff that is mass-produced tries to aspire to feel like it's mm-hmm. handmade. Right? That's true.
1: Yeah, not handmade and, in a bad way.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Just, does, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like you know a, a, a DIY project, but it feels yeah, like something. Exactly. Feels like something that's like it feels authentic. Right? Yeah, like it yeah, feels like, like, someone, like some the character who sent me this actually handled it. Not. It's exactly. like you can you can get stuff like I've gotten you know the kind of the folio. New box type things, and they're fun and they're good, but you know you're sent something that's been, you know, clearly printed out that's supposed to be an old letter, and you're like, yeah, but this is just mm-hmm. this is just mm-hmm. a laser printer, you know, yeah. like there's there's no one's fooling anyone here. Whereas you get you get you know something that comes from a company that understands bespoke. You open up you open up all these boxes, and you're like, oh dang, <laughs> like. Like that—that that ink is not that ink that's been spilled there. That is—that is, uh, that is uh, bespoke better. Yeah, someone actually spilled that. That isn't a yeah. computer going splotch here. Yeah,
1: like we have a crumpled a crumpled paper in the box, and it's like because he was actually like throwing it out, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah.
0: And someone's gotta crumple that paper. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing today? I'm crumpling 300 papers Oh, yes. of idea. You know? Yeah. Amanda's <laughs> life.
2: Yeah, I think um, it's a good thing. Amanda kind of likes the crafty. She does stuff. So, yeah, yeah, she makes yeah. the boxes look good. Um, and and I know, yeah, Marley does a lot of that um, as well. <laughs> I so try to help. Kudos to you guys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> What's been the best part? of both of these projects for y'all?
2: You know, it's actually been nice, you know, to have some of the flexibility, um, you know, the silver lining, I guess, in the pandemic for me, and I know it's not for everybody. Now everyone has this privilege to be able to do some work from home and um, figure out managing their time. It's a, It can be difficult to constantly be working at home, but it can also be, um, you know, kind of nice uh, that we don't necessarily have to constantly sync our schedules, um, and figure out rehearsal times or what have you. Um, we can pass around Google docs and occasionally have, you know, like a zoom meeting, um, to, there's a lot of more flexibility in working this way and this kind of a project. Um, I know that's been a little extra nice for me, um, this past year, cause I uh, had a baby. So that allowed me to probably do more work on more projects than I would have otherwise been able to do, you know, if we were doing a live show or something. Um, So that's been a plus.
1: Yeah. And I think that's sort of allowed us more creativity in a way too. Um, Well, one, because we've had to, we've been forced to think outside the box and think outside of our, our norm, which is always a good thing. um, I think, but also, yeah, because um, just in this form, we've been able to make a lot more iterations than you can when you, you know, you rent out a venue and you have a certain budget on your set and you have your actors who have this much rehearsal time and, you know, you can't afford, like, to to have many more than that. And so you have to... It, you know, you have to make it, make it work. And I think this has allowed us more creativity in, um, in a sense that we can test 6 million times and make as many adjustments as we want to. Um, and I think we sort of gave ourselves that, that flexibility to just know in the beginning, when we started Welcome Home, we were like, okay, we're not going to give ourselves a deadline on when this needs to happen or when this needs to come out. We're going to, work on it for as long as it takes us to feel like we have a product that we want to show people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then we'll do it. And so we spent, I think we spent three months testing. Um, because yeah, cause we had the, we had the flexibility. So I yeah, that totally. was really great for our process.
2: Yeah. Cause usually, you know, you have to kind of have a location for an immersive show, like in mind, that's huge I mean hopefully as early in the process as possible and then suddenly you have like this deadline you know and a limited amount of time to get the show ready and get it in that space um, you know because you had to reserve it and make all these payments and um, it, yeah, it's a little liberating to not have all of that when you're producing something like a puzzle box.
0: Well, I want to thank both of you for, for coming on the show this week and giving us some behind-the-scenes look at what you've been up to. Um, yeah. If folks want to find projects, where should they go?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. We always <laughs> need to remember our handles. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have com, but you can specifically find Welcome Home on welcomehomeexperience.com. And then I think...
0: And our Instagram? us should be at uh just the roguelike.com if, you're, if yes.
1: you're in the book. Yes. Yeah. Spirit's so us. I, I've got that one for you guys. <laughs> cool. And then our face or no, our Instagram is Shine On mm-hmm. And our Facebook is Facebook.com
2: slash the Yeah,
1: the Shine on. And then Twitter we don't use, but it's Shine on Shows.
2: Yeah, we're terrible at <laughs> updating Twitter, yeah. um, but if you want to see if we, we get better one. at it, we have yeah. one. Yeah, we have an account. <laughs> we're good at Instagram.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what we do.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, I want to thank you both. And uh, as always, it's it's fun to check in with what you've been up to.
1: Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's- Nice
2: to, nice to chat and touch base. We never run yeah. into each other
0: anymore these days. I know, right? <laughs> right? right? It, used to be, it used to be a hell of a lot easier. It would just be like, oh, hey, what are you doing here? Oh, cool. Anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get back to that just, uh, you know, I don't know, six months from now. Oh, yeah, at some point, you know, eventually, I think. soon <laughs> you know, before the end of time. Yeah, before the end
2: so. of time. That's a yeah. good deadline. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Once again, I want to thank Anna and Marley for being our guests today. You can find them at the shine on collective online. Uh, check the show notes for links directly to them and their projects. Um, let's see. Uh, I've been just fighting technical stuff for the past 20 minutes, so my usual, like, oh, well, let's talk about something. Mm, no, don't, don't have that in me today. Uh, but if you feel like uh, a traditional Noah rant or something, come on down, come on down on Clubhouse. Um, you know, let's talk about Clubhouse for a second. There we go, there's a Noah rant. So, um, I, you know, I have very mixed feelings about the platform. Everyone who uses it has mixed feelings about the platform. Whether or not they talk about that in public is, you know... Mm. Um, look, uh, it is currently, you know, limited to like iPhone users only. It's kind of coming out of Silicon Valley. There was just lots of funkiness, uh, in, in the last year on that platform while it was still like, you know, very, very much baby form. They've made some real strides in welcoming, um, different groups on, but, uh, you know, are they, they're out to, like, disrupt the media with this is one of their plans. And the thing is, is so far, you know, they're not really disrupting major media with it, but they are potentially disrupting a lot of indie media. So uh, there's a land rush going on. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, we, of course, we're mission-based, so we just want to keep on doing our mission. And our mission is to spread to the gospel of immersive and experiential so we're going to be on there uh, because there's a lot of people who are very enthusiastic about that platform right now and we think that we can reach people who are interested in things like virtual reality and augmented reality and introduce them to the wider world of immersive and experiential and that's why we're on there because there's there's those folks and our goal is to hope bring them into our spaces the spaces we have on discord the spaces we have on Facebook the, the spaces that we have uh, kind of all over the place um, with that in mind here's something that uh, we're we're working on uh, ahead of the spring fling uh, that will be cemented by then and is probably going to be uh, taking place and transitioning over the next couple of weeks so uh, the no pro slack has been uh, a major part of what we do for a while now, and it's it's a pretty important tool we use internally to organize our team. Uh, but it's also been a place where the community has communicated with each other. And there's there's people who love Slack, there's people who don't like Slack, there's people who love Discord, there's people who don't like Discord. Sometimes people you know have people have very strong opinions about both of them. Um, but Discord is really the place where people go to play. Um, It kind of fills that niche in the uh, overall internet ecosystem. It's where communities go and organize themselves to play. With that in mind, we are going to be sunsetting the no proscenium slack over the next month, over March, uh, so that by the time of the spring fling, uh, the Slack will just be an internal tool that the team uses to run the publication. And the Discord will be where the public-facing part of our community is centralized. Um, so far, the Discord has been available to patrons only. There will still be parts of the Discord that are behind the patron and the backer wall. But since our overall goal is to expand the commons, we are going to have parts of it, message board parts of it, news parts of it, discussion board parts of it, in an open area. So you will not have to pay to get access to the no-pro Discord We will be enforcing the kinds of codes of conduct that we look for on uh, the Everything Immersive board on Facebook. However, unlike the Facebook, because there's no tools for it, this will not be a pre-moderated place. Um, There may be some sections of the board where you have to have a certain, you know, badge, you got to be like a creator or something. Uh, you got we got to vet you a little bit so that you have posting permissions, but like everything will be readable uh, in those sections. And then yes, uh, there'll be times when sort of the cafe where we've held some of our co-working spaces and whatnot, where that'll be kind of tucked behind the paywall. There are other going to be other times when there's spaces, you know, chat spaces, audio chat spaces that are going to be open to folks uh, outside the paywall. This is an evolving thing, but our plan is to use that Discord as a hub. So definitely during the Spring Fling, but also overall so that people can find what else is going on in the broader immersive community. Um, and there are a lot of parts of the immersive community that have organized themselves inside Discord and our hope is to become kind of a, a waypoint for everyone, a navigational tool so that folks can find each other so that communities can connect as well as individuals connecting, which is really what Springfling is about. And you'll start to see that as we announce who we're who we're inviting to kind of you know take over parts of this. Uh, of the spring fling and then the other programming initiatives that we're having over the course of the year. So we want you to join us on that discord. Uh, there will be a process to get access to the public parts of it. Uh, that will start probably not, not next week too much going on, but the week after we're going to start letting folks in uh, particularly the folks who are are in the Slack right now, they're going to be the first to be invited in. And then folks who are in uh, the Everything Immersive group on Facebook, we're really going to encourage people to uh, come with us out into Discord. Uh, We know it can be kind of scary to, like, jump off of Facebook. Uh, And Facebook will still be there. The Everything Immersive group is not going anywhere, but we're trying to uh, centralize You know where the community the heartbeat of the community is and that is going to be that discord Um, We might rename it to be the everything immersive discord Uh, Right now it is called the no pro cafe and stages. It may remain that because I think that's cute, but um, Reflecting what we're doing Probably gonna change although we don't have like a great logo for EI at the moment someone out there like, you know wants to like volunteer some like logo making time um, you know, that, that'd be awesome <laughs> Um, there's also like maybe like a, a scrap but like, you know, we're we're not Pandemic means we're not flush with cash. So, you know, I'm I'm using I'm using whatever art I can find these days So, uh, not necessarily the way I like to roll I would I wish I could had some cash to like go like hire Dino who did our wonderful no percenting logo to like uh whip us up something new But uh, we'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come around to that It'll happen all right on that note, that's enough for today um the newsletter's going out uh, there's some reviews coming out and we've got a whole bunch of stuff lined up for next week so uh, and including a, another great episode of the podcast and this one where my microphone was working. so uh, thank you for sticking around through the technical difficulties two weeks in a row now. gotta love it and next week episode 286. We're going to be at episode 300 before you know it. It's I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to think about it. It's freaking me out. Okay, let's do the credits. The music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. Uh, you can support us, uh, <laughs> help us please, at patreon.com slash no Proscenium. Our sustaining backers keep us alive. Literally, they keep me alive. Literally. Mark Baltazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Sidney Guillory, Lonnie Hands-on, Ari Hurston, Emily Gillette, Samuel Mustry, Brittany, and Elaine, if you've got a show that you want coverage uh, from us on, uh, please uh, submit the show as a listing to everythingimmersive.com and then also write us at pitches at and let us know that you're interested in review coverage. Uh, we're going to be issuing some, uh, some uh, process guidelines on that in the not-too-distant future as we kind of clean up some of the edges and uh, make the systems a little easier. Oh, and shout out, shout out to Chris Grimm, uh, the developer of the everything immersive site. Uh, if you haven't gone to the EI site in a minute, uh, there's a new show page and I think it's fantastic. So, uh, give it a look, see how things are going these days and let us know your feedback because, uh, we just want to keep making better things for you. All right. I'm out of here until next time. Thank you for wearing the mask.